Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. The algorithm itself, Facebook just in general, the platform has even more data now. So it affords you, the advertiser, the opportunity to really leverage that intelligence and simplify your campaigns and not making 10,000 ad sets and 50 campaigns, which is the way that we as an agency used to run things. Yeah, We're, you had to. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. But that's been completely shifted. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to episode 184 of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is Ralph Burns alongside my wonderful co-host, Molly Pittman. How are you, Molly? I'm great, Ralph. Happy to be here with you in person. Live. I can actually see you physically. You're right there in front of me. Right here. This always makes it more fun. I know. We are in Miami at Mm -hmm. Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Mastermind. We are both just talking about how impressed we are by this mastermind, the quality of people here and all of the content. So definitely give Blue Ribbon Mastermind to Google if you're an e-commerce business and you're looking for the next level of support there. Yeah, without a doubt. Or definitely check out just Smart Marketer in general. Google that or Ezra Ezra Firestone. Firestone. Ezra obviously has been a guest here multiple times in Perpetual Traffic and will continue to be a ongoing guest just because he brings it every single time. But yeah, super impressed with this get together here. Not only the beautiful environment and the hotel that we're in, but also just the quality of people. And everybody's just so down to earth here. It's like, I think it's a true reflection of who Ezra is. And if you've listened to Ezra on the show, you know that, you know, he just, he gives it up for it. I mean, like he, he gives you as much value as possible, is very transparent. 
And the group is the same way. And I'm just yeah. really, really impressed with what they're doing here. Yeah, I think, you know, like-minded people attract one another. And mm-hmm. that's so true here. And speaking of Ezra, we have something really exciting happening this week that I would love to invite you guys to. Ezra and I are actually hosting a webinar this Thursday. And you can sign up for that webinar at trainmytrafficperson.com forward slash webinar. But in this webinar, we're going to be talking about a lot of best practices. We're going to be talking about, you know, what it really looks like to be a media buyer. So anyone who listens to this show who loves Facebook ads, definitely check that out. Trainmytrafficperson.com forward slash webinar. Come hang out with Ezra and I this Thursday. Ralph, I think we have our own little party to plan for. (laughs) It might be a virtual party, but Darren Clark, our amazing producer, let us know that we are about to hit 4 million downloads of perpetual traffic. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, we've been doing this for three plus years now. Yeah. Almost four years. Yeah. So thank you guys for continuing to listen. I know that we say this a lot, but I don't think you can show too much gratitude. We wouldn't keep doing this if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. And Ralph, I love spending this time with you. So yeah, same here. It's the highlight of my week, without a doubt. And I, it's amazing to think that every time we do this show, whether it's today live in this beautiful hotel overlooking Miami Beach, or whether it's in my basement office, or you're God knows where you are on the top of Zermatt, um, or someplace in Colorado, wherever you're at, like every single time we do one of these episodes, it's in essence the size of the Boston Garden, which is thirty or 40,000 people, Wow! you know, listen to what we have to say, and we're trying to spread as much knowledge to help you and your business grow as quickly as possible, and we were really grateful for for everyone just uh, subscribing to yes. perpetual traffic yeah, that as is, well as just listening each week. Yeah, that is something that you'll see a bit more from Ralph and I, I think this year in terms of ways to get this podcast out to even more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys have done such a good job of spreading this word of mouth, but it's actually been a few years since we've really you know, spent ad dollars on getting this podcast back on the charts so that we can help more people. So a big metric that affects that is the number of subscribers. So, you know, even if you listen every week, you know, I know I listen to some podcasts that I've forgotten to even subscribe to. So that's a huge metric. And if you guys have a second, whether you're on desktop or mobile, please hop over to iTunes and subscribe to the show and tell your friends to, because that's the action that's really going to help us in the biggest way. Yeah, for sure. Sure. And if you're on desktop or if you're on mobile, if you go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast and just go to the perpetual traffic drop down, you actually see a subscribe podcast button on the top and that takes you to iTunes. If you click that and then you click in iTunes to subscribe, that certainly helps get this out to a wider audience and helps iTunes to continue to optimize our placements. But also we want to get this message out to everybody and make this environment of Facebook and Instagram, the platform itself, as great as humanly possible. I mean, you know, helping other advertisers be more effective is a way, you know, you're actually helping the entire ecosystem. You're helping the entire ecosystem, which we want it to continue to thrive and grow. And as we've talked about many times, 
Facebook had some challenges in 2018. So yes. it's going to be more and more challenging to get where you want to be in 2019 and beyond and keep listening to the show and tell your friends about it and certainly subscribe as well. Yeah, I think it makes our work even more important, yeah. uh, which is exciting. So cool. So let's... So uh, thanks, guys. So thanks. <laughs> thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. We love you. Oh, also something that we're thinking about doing is maybe once a month doing a Facebook Live while we are recording, right? So recording live with you guys so that you can ask us questions in real time that would actually be a part of the episode. Yeah. So that's just an idea we're throwing around. Let us know. Shoot us a message on Facebook and let us know if there's any other ideas or anything that you would enjoy or love to see from us in the new year. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the live element to this show would be a lot of fun to do. We've never done it before. Yeah, right. You've probably done way more Facebook lives than I have. So, yeah. uh, you know, it'll be uh, an interesting experiment and probably really kind of funny. Lots of bloopers and outtakes. <laughs> you as guys well. get to see behind the scenes. <laughs> you get to see how good our editor uh, really is. It really is. Yeah. So before and after. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Darren, we love you, buddy. So yes. for making us sound smart every single week. So yes. anyway, so that's coming in 2020. 2019, lots of exciting things, and we'll continue to bring it here as much as we possibly can on perpetual traffic. So let's move on. I think we really want to talk about last week's show, which was surprisingly popular in a lot yeah. of a lot of ways, which is great to see because I think we talked about this new campaign budget optimization tool that Facebook rolled out, and I believe it was early 2018. Yeah, if I'm not early, mistaken, earlier last year, but it, you know. I really hadn't seen anyone have success with it um, yeah. until the last few months. So I think this is a really relevant topic. And since the show, we've gotten a lot of questions mm -hmm. and we have more tests that we've run. So we just want to continue that conversation because I think both of us agree that CBO, you know, it's more than a new feature, right? It's already becoming an integral part of, I know, both of our strategies. Right. So there's a lot of questions around, you know, should I use it when I'm setting up a new campaign? Mm -hmm. How does this work for scale, right? So yeah. there's some, you know, not issues, but some things we've come up against that we need to figure out how that works. And also things like, what if I already have successful campaigns running? Do I migrate over to CBO? Mm -hmm. If so, you know, how does that work? Yeah. And it's funny because we've been, uh, <laughs> even at this mastermind, there's some really high level Facebook advertisers. I must have talked about this three or four times last night in the party, you know, you know, <laughs> after, after the event. And you know, it's a bunch of Facebook nerds when yeah. we're at a party talking about CBO. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, oh my God, can I get another drink? Yeah. Um, but no, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I think there's some confusion because I think the way that we've taught and the way that Facebook has not necessarily advocated how to set up campaigns, how to test and then scale is evolving and it's changing. And one of the cool things about why Facebook, especially through our partner manager program, why they've been pushing CBO so much you know, in the last year is not necessarily for internal metrics and all these other things, but they know it's going to be easier for us as advertisers to manage. Of course. And one of the biggest things I see as an issue, and I actually talked to somebody last night who had a problem because they ran into an issue with they have 10,000 ad sets in their ad account and they can't add any more. 
And I'm like, my first question is, why do you have 10,000 ad sets? Um, we need to squish those down a little bit. We need to squish. So I think you and Ezra talked about that yesterday. What was that expression again? Yeah. So at the mastermind yesterday, Ezra and I did a critique of his e-commerce company, Boom. Yep. And we looked at everything that they did last year and what that meant for you know moving forward in 2019. And what... I found and what's already working for him now is actually using, especially when you're using CBO, having less ad sets than you would have before and using larger audience sizes, right? So we use the term squishing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, taking instead of having 30 ad sets, mm -hmm. right, that were between, you know, maybe one to three million a piece, let's squish them down into maybe 10 ad sets that are more like 15 to 30 million a piece. So this was something that we had figured out in December. He's already made those changes and it's allowed him. I looked in his ad account yesterday. He's already had 4,000 purchases in the first 10 days Incredible. of the year. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that goes back to that ability to scale to those bigger audiences. Yeah, for sure. And if you think about how Facebook wants to grow as an advertising platform, there's, you know, I haven't checked the stats on this, but I believe there's about 90 million business pages and there's 6 million advertisers on Facebook. So Facebook realizes that in order to continue to penetrate the small business market, the guy who's selling pizzas, you know, around the corner or, you know, a local service, you know, maybe a lawyer or somebody like that, like smaller businesses, they can't make the platform too complicated. So simplicity, even I think with people that are very data driven, very analytical, very want to like get this really right. Like you want to make everything super complex. Yes. And I think that was a way in which you could test and then you could scale right. that way. Let's look at a year ago, like six months ago. And I believe that's really changed. And you really yes. think about and the algorithm itself, Facebook, just in general, the platform has even more data now. So it affords you, the advertiser, the opportunity to really leverage that intelligence and simplify your campaigns and not making 10,000 ad sets but and 50 campaigns, which is the way that we as an agency used to run things. Yeah, We're, you had to. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. But that's been completely shifted. Hi, guys. This is Darren Clark here, the producer of Perpetual Traffic, and we'll continue with the show in just a minute. But first... This episode was brought to you by Digital Marketer, who was actually founded by Ryan Dice, who is the guest on tomorrow's show, Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. Now, if you've ever built a landing page or not been paid by a client or asked yourself the question, how do I deal with competition in this changing marketing landscape? Then you are going to want to take the time to sit down with Ryan and Roland as they cover these things and so much more. So subscribe now so you don't miss it. Go to Business Lunch with Roland Frazier on Apple Podcasts. All right, Molly and Ralph, back to you. You know, we've been talking a lot about social proof over the last few weeks and how much that matters in 2018. Yeah. And so I think the game is changing from how can I test every variation of this ad possible, right? Mm -hmm. Red banner versus blue banner versus green banner, stuff that honestly doesn't make that big of a difference mm -hmm. and spread your social proof out among so many ads right. versus let's do some larger ad sets. Let's only test a few ads in those ad sets. Facebook wants 
wants to make this easy for you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think the days of, you know, super extensive, crazy split testing, it's just not as necessary anymore. So I think the questions I've been getting around CBO and what I've faced here. So I launched a new campaign the second day of January. So this is a pixel that is somewhat seasoned, but I use CBO right off the bat and started with a $2,500 a day budget because this is a launch. So I need to yep. spend a certain amount of money in a certain you amount of time. You don't have time to test. Exactly. Right. And this is an extreme case, I think. So it just points to the fact that how powerful CBO is. Completely. So what I started with was a campaign that now, 10 days later, has 21,000 leads in it. So it's been very successful. I've since scaled it to $4,500 a day. But I have seven ad sets in here. And I have two ads in each ad set. And both of those are ads that already had significant social proof. So Facebook was able to come out of the gate really fast and give us a ton of volume. But what I noticed, and I think something we need to discuss, Ralph, is that when you use CBO, Facebook is essentially testing these different ad sets against one another. So it works kind of similar to what happens at the ad level. You know, you notice that if you're testing two ads, one ad is going to win and get more volume than the other pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So I'm not seeing that in as much of an extreme way here, right? So for example, I've got all seven ad sets still active now after 10 days, mm -hmm. but the top ad set has 8,000 opt-ins, the second has 6,000, and then the third only has 1,500. Mm -hmm. The next one has 1,500, the next has 14, the next has 13, the next has 1,200, mm -hmm. right? So the top two ad sets really did most of the heavy work the heavy here lifting. in terms yeah. of volume, and they're not even the ones with the largest audience size. Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to see that Facebook has really chosen two they're gonna give the most reach to. Mm -hmm. So I guess what I'm proposing or putting out there is that you know, obviously the other five ad sets here, their cost per leads awesome. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with them, right? And there's a lot of scale left here. Right. But even by using, you know, minimum budgets, which we'll talk about, I'm not able to get the reach on these others like I was. So mm -hmm. what I've been doing now is taking those ad sets out to their own campaigns to see if we can get reach. But I think really what I'm bringing up is that we're going to have to figure out, okay, CBO is great. We launch it. We're getting a ton of volume. But what does scale look like for us? Because, you know, it looks like they're going to pick one to two winners pretty quickly. Right. Where before we were controlling the budgets at the ad set level. Mm -hmm. So we controlled the volume. And you were also forcing the ad set to spend when maybe those conversions weren't optimal or the exactly. lowest cost. Yes. So we see that all the time still. I mean, no matter what campaign objective it is, if you tell Facebook to spend $50 a day, all things being equal. I mean, there's a lot of factors that do affect impressions and things. But I mean, if you're using lowest cost bidding, I always want to say automatic bidding, but you know, lowest cost with no bid cap. And that's what I'm using here, by the way. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Facebook will go out and they'll spend that $50. Whether or not that $50 in that particular audience has the lowest cost conversions. So CBO 
sidetracks that and really puts the onus on the optimization at the ad set level to figure out which ad set, which audience is going to drive the lowest cost conversions, provided that you do pick that optimization or that bidding strategy, which is conversions for lowest cost. So exactly. super important. Yeah. So Ralph, will you kind of talk about the minimum budget stuff? Because you were the first person that really explained that to me. Mm -hmm. And I do think that could be a way to prevent this from happening. Mm -hmm. But it's something that you have to use at the start of the campaign is what I've noticed. Because I've tried to go back and do what you're about to explain in this campaign that's already active. And Facebook was kind of like, I don't know what you're trying to do. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) the optimization process had already started. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think, you know, when you look at ads at the ad set level, we all know that Facebook will choose or favor one or two or three out of however many that you have in there. Usually it's one or two. They'll get the most impressions unless you have massive budgets. But that's just something that we definitely do see. So once again, talking about squishing, squishing. like we were talking about before and simplifying things as much as possible. If you have 20 ads all at that ad set level, you're not going to get impressions for all those. Right. I don't, it doesn't even matter what your budget is. But the point is that Facebook is going to circle the wagons on those one or two. So if you take that same understanding of the algorithm, like that is a known thing that we see. And it's gotten a little bit better over the course of the last couple of years. They do not necessarily just pick one. They used to pick like one and then none of the others kind of thing. They do spread the wealth a little bit. If you take that same sort of mindset as to how the algorithm works, just back a step into the ad set level. Yes. If you create a campaign budget optimization campaign and you put in 20 ad sets, it's the same thing is going to happen. Yeah, like so mine two are going to win. You're going to have two or three. Yeah. Now, as long as you are bidding the way that we're saying, using auto bid, trying to get the lowest cost conversion, Facebook will eventually spend more on those one or two ad sets. So what we found through testing is that the end goal is to have less ad sets, less campaigns, not look into your ad account and say, oh my God, I've got 30 campaigns, you just get lost. You can't manage that much stuff. It's just, you know, unless you're a cyborg and I don't know too many of them, um, (laughs) you know, know, some people are sort of almost cyborgs, but that I know friends from college, Um, but but no, I mean, the point is that you, you just can't humanly manage that much unless you have some sort of automation. Right. So if you're doing this all manually, we're presupposing you're doing this manually without any sort of third-party optimization tool, anything like that, you want to have less campaigns, less ad sets, and less ads. Yes. That way you can look at things at a glance and be able to make decisions and not get confused by the data. So anyway, taking it back to the ad set level, what we have found is that if you do put more than three to six ad sets in that campaign, budget optimization campaign, you can force Facebook's hand by Mm. putting in ad spend minimums, which is underneath budget and scheduling, at the I ad didn't set even know level. it was there. It's like yeah. hyperlink text in my ad account. So look hard for it, guys. Like Ralph had to literally point on my screen to show me yeah. where it was. Click here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and it's got a minimum and a maximum. We haven't tested out the maximum as of yet, but it, there is a minimum in there. So if we are testing, let's say, you know, we know that we have three 
killer audiences, typically like large lookalikes, maybe a large lookalike, an aggregated interest, or maybe a really large interest, and then maybe another like wide open targeting, which yeah. I know that you've done, and we can talk about that in your campaign here. But maybe you want to say, all right, well, I want to scale this, or I want to test other audiences, or maybe throw other audiences in the mix here. I wouldn't necessarily recommend CBO for testing, but this is just sort of a trick that you can actually use to test the other audiences. You can throw those audiences into that CBO campaign at the ad set level and then pick a minimum ad spend. I love it. So that way, like you said, Facebook has to spend, let's say, a hundred bucks at least in that ad set, right? Yeah. So it's forcing Facebook to spend that amount of money. Correct. So think about that as the same thing as, and sometimes it doesn't spend the entire amount, but it gets close to it in most cases. Like if you were using a non-CBO campaign, you had campaign campaign objective was website conversions. You had three ad sets. Each one of those ad sets, you had a $50 budget. Facebook's going to do as best as possible to spend that $50 a day in each one of those ad sets, even if their conversions, the lowest cost conversions aren't there. So that's a really important takeaway here is, so think about it that way. You can force Facebook to test and to actually spend budget on new ad sets you introduce into a campaign budget optimization campaign. But what we also will do is to prevent downside risk. And, you know, one of our super smart account managers figured this out is to put in a lowest cost bid. So if we know that our CPA is, let's say, $100 or $50, we might put in a lowest cost bid of $200 or maybe $150. At least to keep it within reason. To keep it within reason. So what Facebook will do is with that minimum, they'll go out and they'll find all the lowest cost conversions and then maybe gradually up that bid over time. And you'll never really get to the point, especially with just that ad minimum, that budget minimum to a huge scale, unless you really up the minimum to like thousands of dollars. Absolutely. But you can at least test out some of these other audiences in a really controlled way and see if you can get CPAs that are where you need to be, your cost yeah. per acquisition, cost per lead, return on ad spend, whatever your goal is, of you course. know, within your range for your business. Great. And I think that's a solution here, right? Yeah. Like when you showed me that, I was like, okay, this is, I think this is a solution. So the next campaign that I launch with CBO, I'm going to use those minimums, right? And we'll report back. And hopefully that's going to allow, you know, for more volume of spend. Yeah. Uh, Because what I have found in this campaign, as I said, there are five ad sets that aren't getting as much volume as the other two. So I pulled just to test. I kept that campaign running, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then I took two of those ad sets and put them into their own individualized campaign. Mm -hmm. And what I can say is that I think I started with too high of a budget. I started with a $2,000 a day budget for both of them, which I think is a bit much for just one ad set. Now, were these audiences that you knew had converted? Because this is in a launch. You didn't know these audiences were no. good audiences. Right. For well, you. I did know from the CBO campaign, you know, the, the one I was just talking about, I knew that the cost per lead on both of these were great. Gotcha. Right. Okay. Um, they so just weren't getting the majority of the budget. They just weren't getting the budget. So I wanted to see if I could pull them into their own campaign if they would. Mm-hmm. And so what I see here is that the cost per lead definitely jumped up. I think that's a function of my budget being so high, right? out of the gate, right? For the other campaign, I 
had $2,500 across all six ad sets. And then, right. you know, I set that for both of these. So the cost per lead has gone up, right? It was around a dollar in the first campaign. Now it's around a dollar 75 for mm -hmm. both of these. But it is allowing me to get that volume that I'm looking for mm -hmm. way more than I was in the other campaigns. So I think if you're setting up a new campaign, use the minimum budgets. If you're already in a situation where the campaign's running and you need scale, I do think the creation of these new campaigns is at least a quick fix to try to get some more volume. Now, playing devil's advocate there, why didn't you just up your campaign budget manually for the CBO campaign? So, instead of pulling them out into a new campaign. Because so all I the learnings in that CBO. Right? right. So I did that too. So I created the new campaigns and then went and put the minimum budgets on the ad sets that are currently there. But what I found is that Facebook didn't really know what to do, right? Because mm. the campaign had already been running for 10 days and is so optimized, those changes really didn't make a difference. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like things just kept going the way that they were. So you tried to inject tried to like what <laughs> we just talked about. And so after the fact, didn't seem like that no. worked. The other side to that equation is, have you been upping your budget at the campaign level just manually? Yeah. Just trying to get more and more out of those one or two killer ones, but totally. then the other ones that aren't really doing quite as much volume. Yeah, we've gone from 2500 to 4500 mm -hmm. So I increased by about $500, you know, every other day or so. Right. That's working, but I'm actually to a point now where I can't scale the budget anymore. Facebook isn't spending or hasn't at least for the last three or four days, even what I'm giving them the $4,500 a day. Gotcha. So I've now had to scale by creating completely different campaigns, targeting new audiences, right? Those are CBO too. Yeah, without a doubt. We're getting into the weeds here. And I think what you're seeing is that we're figuring this out, right? Yeah. Like we don't quite know, but we wanted this to be a discussion because what CBO is doing is it's going to change campaign structure best practice. Mm -hmm. It's going to change scaling on Facebook, right? Sure. But I think that we're a few months out from having a, this is how you do it, right? And so Ralph and I just wanted to have this discussion because actually it was one of my students who really brought up the fact that we were going to have trouble at the ad set level with this in terms of, you know, Facebook's going to pick two or, you know, however many winners, what do we do with the rest of them? And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I think we have a few solutions here. I think it depends also on, you know, what you're doing, right? Of course. But it will be really interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, it is really interesting. And if you think about this logically at the ad set level, basically what Facebook is doing is they're just trying to find between the five or six ad sets that you have live the two that are doing the most of the heavy lifting are getting the lowest cost per conversion. But the other ones that you had in there were actually doing pretty well from a cost per lead perspective. Exactly. They just weren't spending as much. But what Facebook is doing with CBO is they're going and finding which individual in those audiences, where are the lowest cost conversions? Yes. So they're finding lowest cost conversions in the other ad sets that aren't at high volume. Yes. But 
they also have the flexibility because of campaign budget optimization to not feel the need to spend your daily budget at the ad set level, which would then blow out your CPAs. Yes. Right. And, Does and that make sense? Of course. And I mean, really, you know, going back to last week, even the huge benefit of this, right? Like we're sort of talking about the issues with it because, right. you know, that's what you come up against. That's what we fix. Mm-hmm. But the real beauty of this, you know, the ad set that has 7,000 leads, right? The ad set that has 6,000 leads. I never, ever would have been able to scale the ad set level budget manually quick enough to get this volume, right? Super important. Even though, just to put it into perspective, even though, yeah, I picked two winners and I'm missing out on these other five ad sets, right? Mm -hmm. We still have to look at the positive of, I never would have been able to generate 21,000 leads this quickly under the old campaign structure, right? Yeah, you would have had to- still hugely beneficial. Absolutely. We're just troubleshooting, right? We want to make the most out of it. Totally, totally. You would have had to assign equal budgets to each ad set. And then every day increase the budget. And Facebook just cannot optimize as well as if you give them the reins to do that, right? It's true. Because they might want to do it at 3 a.m., right? Maybe Mm -hmm. one ad set's getting a ton of momentum. And so let Facebook run with it because it's going to keep your cost per result down. Yeah. So it really, is like trusting in the algorithm in the algorithm we trust maybe we should put that in the show notes we need t-shirts I don't know. It's starting With to sound more and more like it. i'm starting to sound more and more like ezra these days it's easy to do in that the algorithm we trust, trust. yeah um no but it, it is it's putting the, your face back in facebook here because this is a, a constant evolution. I mean, this is a new tool, relatively speaking. And by the way, like this came out as a beta two years ago. We tested right. it on one of our larger customers and it failed miserably. We we're like, this thing sucks. Yeah, and we actually took that feedback, not the sucky comment, but you know, <laughs> to them and said, I don't I see the value here. If it would work the way that you're talking about it working, yeah. it would be a great tool for scale and yeah. for ultimately you're really looking at the campaign level for your results as opposed to going into the individual ad. It keeps you out of the weeds. And that is, even though now, you know, for this particular launch I was telling you about, normally Molly would have one campaign, right? Mm -hmm. Like, and I would just have a ton of ad sets in there. Now for this particular launch, I'm on 12 campaigns already because I'm now scaling instead of creating new ad sets, I'm scaling horizontally by creating new campaigns. So like I said, I think we're going to figure out, have to figure out exactly how this looks. But guys, if you are testing this and you have any insight, hop over to the tier 11 Facebook page, hop over to the Molly Pittman Facebook page, send us a message, let us know how this is going, because I think you and I are both in information collection mode on this too, Mm -hmm. right? Like we're running our own tests, but I also want to hear what's working for you so that we can all create, you know, a structure here that's going to work for everybody. I think it's interesting because there's no standard answer for this. So I think individual answers, like if you're a Facebook advertiser and you have one ad account that you're managing, you might have found something that worked for that particular ad account. 
what we're seeing is, you know, through the dozens and dozens of ad accounts that we manage, what are the commonalities yes. based upon the offer, the type of business? Like there's so many variations and that's why we're not giving you a one size fits all approach here. And explaining how it works because yeah. how it works is really the logic or the knowledge you need to first have to figure out how to apply it to your scenario, Correct. right? Because there are so many, it's just so many ways this could be done. Yeah. I think we've really talked through this. And yeah. I think this will be a continuing conversation as For we sure. continue to test it and, you know, seeing what works because we're fascinated by the results so far because yeah. it's really been a big breakthrough from a simplicity standpoint oh, and from a squishing standpoint. Yes. You know, it's keeping, easier. Like it's this easier. takes less time. It's easier, but we just got to figure out, you know, how it scales in the long term. So if somebody was running sort of a more traditional, maybe they have a Michigan method campaign that, you know, going all the way back to episode 51, I believe it was. Was, or something that's very complicated, like the person that I was talking about last night, you know, with 10,000 ad sets, lots of complexity in their ad account. How would you advise them on leveraging this new tool and how would you kind of approach it? Yeah, good question. So if you have a campaign right now that's working, even if it's setting the budget at the ad set level, do not go in and try to change that to CBO, right? Mm -hmm. Or really do anything to it, you know, yeah. within reason, yep. because that's going to reset that optimization process. So I think CBO is something that when your current ads fatigue, or if your campaign quits working, or whenever you're going to create something new now, that's when it's time to test this. That's my opinion. I just wouldn't go in and try to, you know, change your current campaigns to CBO just to see if it will make a difference, duplicate the campaign, right? And change to CBO and run a test for a few days and see what the results are. Yeah. And take maybe your best three to six ad set audiences that you know that have worked in the past. Yeah. And, and remember, two ads with the most social proof in yeah, each. And for sure. And remember, that's a pool of audiences in there too. So you don't really have to worry about audience overlap. Did you use exclusions in no, your campaign? You didn't. I didn't. Yeah. No. So you don't have to worry about audience overlap. Audience overlap is an issue where, you know, we'll leave a, a link to this in the show notes where your ad sets are basically fighting against each other. And Facebook can only show your ad through one ad set interest targeting. And sometimes when you do a lookalike audience of maybe people who land on your landing page and lookalikes of your customers, there's audience overlap. Overlap. And you can get this in audiences inside Ads Manager. You can just simply just take the lookalike audience or the saved audience and compare them and see if there's any audience overlap. But you don't deal with that at campaign budget optimization. Yeah. So it's one less thing to concern yourself. We see yeah. that a lot as an issue for why ad sets start running out of any and, sort of impressions or any sort of frequency. The point you made is also why we can use these bigger audiences, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're not having to get as niche down as we used to yep. because, you know, Facebook's smarter and they know not to, you know, cause overlap. They know, you know, who to look for in those audiences. So what you would do is you would maybe take out, like keep that campaign that's going well. Maybe your yes. cost per acquisition, your cost per lead is increasing yeah. over time. It happens. Okay. Yeah. CPMs are Natural. rising. Yeah. They double every year on Facebook. Sorry to tell you guys, but that's the reality of the situation yep. here. But the point is, is that you would actually take out and test this in a separate campaign. Yeah. Start fresh with Start that fresh. CBO with how many of your best ad sets? Yeah. I opinion. would do five or six ad sets mm -hmm. and two of your best ads with the most social proof, same post ID and each of them yep. set a nice high budget, something that 
it might be a little bit more than you would usually use, right? And let Facebook do its thing, see what happens. Yeah, for sure. So simplicity is the word we're going to be using here a lot and squishing. Squishing. Like squishing and simplicity. And then uh, there's fishing. And, and then we'll there's get fishing. To that later. Yeah, fishing <laughs> is like the next episode. That, that's a whole new episode. <laughs> Gone fishing. But no, we I'm, do some pretty good fishing out here outside. in the waters of Miami Beach. It's not too bad. Oh, um, I think it's lunchtime for us. I think us. it is lunchtime for us. <laughs> and it's probably time for us to end here. So uh, we'll be leaving lots of resources here for you in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast podcast. We really appreciate everybody who listens every single week. This has been episode 184. Can't believe we get to do this every week. It's so much fun. And I get to see you and John Grimshaw has been here silently taking notes actually for the entire I think episode. we need a John Grimshaw episode soon. I think we do. Yeah, oh, he's he make has a actually sketched out in the algorithm we trust <laughs> logo with Zuck's face Zuck's in the middle. Face. So maybe we're going to be selling t-shirts from Perpetual I, I think Traffic. we just might start doing that. <laughs> yeah. Thanks guys. We'll see you next week. All right. See ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.